This Wednesday at 1 p.m. is the last uh, Wednesday of our movie days that coincide with the curriculum they're using here on Saturday night. So Wednesday 1, 2, 3, that is the 30th of July for movies. Uh, a couple things. Uh, we want to uh, thank all of you who came out to uh, McChesney Park uh, Mall to see New Life Band. Thank you, New Life Band, for uh, doing that today. Yes, I will share that too. Thank you, sir. Um, <coughs> wonderful day um, that the uh, Friends of McChesney Park have been putting together. That event is continuing. Uh, the New Life Band was there. Uh, Alleluia Quartet was there. Uh, I believe tonight Epiphany will be the closing act at 7 or 8. And then following the whole thing, there will be some fireworks. So if you're interested, that's still going on. Tonight after worship is Saturday at Sophia's. So we will go and uh, eat together at Sophia's. Uh, so there will be time. We're, we're going to be probably a little shorter tonight than normal. Um, I, I guess I won't promise that, but uh, how that goes. Uh, but there should be time to go back even if you come out to eat, if you want to see the fireworks later tonight. Next week, uh, Friday, August 1st, at the George Residence. You can ask Steve where that is, if you, uh, or he has some flyers. Uh, the Roscoe Youth Band will be at 60, 6.30, uh, followed by the New Life Praise Band, which will be playing two sets. And there will be ice cream, cookies, and beverages um, during intermission. And uh, Steve has promised he's going to... Um, spray for mosquitoes and have some chairs. Uh, it will be a nice time of fellowship. Steve is open and Mary have opened their home to this. Uh, and the New Life Band is going to be there um, as uh, part of uh, our, one of our fundraisers earlier this year. Uh, and I'm not sure if we're going to have CDs by then. Uh, hopefully we'll have CDs by then and you will be able to buy the New Life Band CD uh, as part of a fundraiser for our ministry uh, and Imagine Malaria. So bring some cash. So if you have the ability to bring some things, talk to Steve and he will set you up if, if, you, if we brought some things. It's always nice. So that is happening um, Saturday. We, we have worship here, of course. And then Sunday at 11 o'clock, the Sherland United Methodist Church is having worship at the Sugar River Forest Preserve in Rockton or Sherland. Following that will be a joint New Life and Sherland picnic potluck. Uh, so bring your own food and your own tableware and all that kind, more of like a picnic, um, but bring some extra food to pass. Uh, and, come and, and come to worship if you can. <clears throat> and uh, uh, definitely come out, and even if you're a little late, come out and uh, fellowship, have an opportunity to meet uh, your brothers and sisters at Sherland. Uh, it's kind of our first event together, and there will be more, of course, in the future. So, uh, busy. Yes. That's.
been an interesting couple weeks at Sherland, but it's been good, and uh, the people who have been there have uh, <coughs> uh, really have really seen that. And I do encourage you, uh, try to take a, a Sunday a month at least to get over there and worship with them. They worship at 11 o'clock, not too early, uh, and, and join in that. So, a lot going on. Uh, we have dates for the uh, golf play date. That is, uh, oh, September 28th or August 28th? I thought August 28th. Okay, it is September. Okay, September, I wasn't at the meeting this week, so don't talk to me about it. So September 28th, that will be the play day, uh, so we have some time to work on that if you want to help with that. If you have um, items, we have at least $350 worth of stuff at the Golf Shack, so we'll have some good um, prizes to give away. Um, But most of all, if you golf and know people who golf, this is a good way to get to uh, them integrated with us and involved in one of our uh, fundraisers for our ministry and, of course, the... Um, ministry of Imagine No Malaria. So, a lot going on, uh, but we're excited to be uh, active in all of that stuff. So let's uh, have a word of prayer, and we'll transition now into our form. Lord, we thank you for the many opportunities you give us to worship for these times where we gather together as your community. Truly, send your Spirit upon us. Fill our hearts with your grace and love and mercy, and allow us to be drawn closer together and closer to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, in all things that we do. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. So for the last four weeks, we've been talking about beginnings, about simple things, about basics of our faith. We started uh, with the creation story, the story of... All my children are going to be in a mood today, huh? Uh, (laughs) The story of the creation of the heavens and the earth, and what we drew from that is the purpose of our creation, the purpose of our life, the purpose and meaning behind why God created us was to be partners in creating good things. So if someone asks you, what's the meaning of life? You can say, to be involved in the creation of good things. That's kind of what we garnered from that very first story, that beautiful love letter to creation. In Genesis 1.1. Now, the next chapter, everything got screwed up, and so we've had to work out the kinks since then. And so we talked about the idea of the gospel, the idea of Jesus Christ coming, God becoming human, living among us, teaching us, living for us, dying for us, being risen for us, and now offering us new life through the Holy Spirit. And how that each of us can be transformed into people of new life following Jesus Christ. Now our goal, our call changes when we become disciples of Jesus Christ. Not just creation, but it becomes disciple making. And we talked about that last week. That our call as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, is to continue to make disciples. And the purpose of that disciple making is to change the world. To transform the world so that we can all be involved in something good. So today we're going to end, and we're going to talk a little bit about the church, just briefly, but a little bit about the church and a little bit about the Trinity. Um, And and we'll see how that all coincides here. So if you have your Bibles with you, your Bible apps, whatever you have, get them out to uh, John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. I just realized last week, after three weeks being at Sherland and telling people to get out their Bibles, Um, and saying that there's Bibles in their pews, that they don't have Bibles in their pews. 
that may be an issue we need to talk about, but um, for the most part, uh, most of us have that. If you don't have a Bible, of course, I want you to come talk to me. I have plenty. Uh, Make sure that you leave with one. So John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26, I'm reading from the CB. I'm not praying only for them, but also for those who believe in me because of their word. I pray that they will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. I pray that they will also be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them glory that you gave me so they can be one as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me where I am. Then they can see my glory, which you have given to me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, even the world did not know you, but I have known you. And these believers know that you sent me. I've made your name known to them and will continue to make them known that your love for me will be in them and I myself will be in them. These uh, few chapters in the Gospel of John are, are so beautiful and so important. After the uh, of events of Jesus' teaching in, in, the, in the Gospel of John, it's a little bit different after the events of what traditionally we would think of the Last Supper, although uh, the, the communion liturgy is not in the Gospel of John. We have a, a, a wonderful feet washing service uh, followed by a celebration. Jesus teaches and then he prays. And we have a very extended prayer of Jesus Christ uh, throughout these few chapters in John. And this part of the prayer is especially uh, important to me and my theology. Because here at the end of his life, here at the end of his teaching, here at the end of his time on earth, Jesus is praying for this thing, that the disciples be one. And not just the disciples, but all of those who will believe in him through their disciple-making. So, us. And all of those who will then continue to believe. And all of those who have believed. He is asking and praying for God to make all disciples one. Perfectly one, he actually says. Make them perfectly one. Not just one kind of but actually perfectly one. This is a beautiful testament that our Lord Jesus Christ gives us near the time of His arrest and then eventual death. But we live in a very different world than a world that is united. We live in a world where we thrive, I believe negatively, on our differences. We recognize differences, and then we use differences to divide us. Of, of course, we talk about you know, social, economic, and class, and gender, and all of those race divisions that we've had over the centuries and millenniums. But even among people who generally look and act the same, even among people who live in the same town or country or state, we make division our way of life. You're either a Republican or you're a Democrat. You're pro-life or you're pro-choice. You're a Bears fan or a Packers fan. 
And heaven forbid you can't be both. You drink Coke or you drink Pepsi and you ask the server at the restaurant what they have and if they don't have what you drink, you give them a dirty look and you say, I'll have water. <clears throat> Some of us do that more often than others. We live in this ever divided world where we have to pit everything against something else and it creates nothing but division but here at the end of his life we see jesus praying for unity not for division not for divisiveness and not only unity but unity as he is unified with the godhead and so i want to talk a little bit about Trinitarian theology, which I know you are all desperately wishing that I was going to talk about tonight. We believe in a triune God. Every major Christian group believes in a triune God. It's one of the few things we all agree on, actually. There are a few uh, groups that kind of believe something different, but for the most part, 99% of people who consider themselves Christian believe in a triune God. That is one God, three persons. All right? Everybody knows this. This is easy stuff. Anybody want to explain how it works, right? That's where we say, yeah, we believe that, but then we start thinking about it, and, and then we get confused, and we just go watch TV, or something else happens, right? One God, one substance, that's the actual uh, uh, original kind of language that we used many, many centuries ago. One substance, three persons. Now, in in recent years, because of the patriarchal language, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we've had many uh, theologians try to come up with different ways to say Trinity. and, And one of the ways we've done that is to say something like, Creator, sustainer, redeemer. Creator, redeemer, sustainer. Actually would be the order that it would be in. And that kind of misses the point. It misses the point because of the unity that God has. God is not three persons who each have their own role and function. God is three persons all involved in the work that God does. Did God the Father create? Yes. But the Word of God, Jesus Christ, created. The Holy Spirit creates. God the Father redeems, so does Jesus Christ, so does the Holy Spirit. All three sustain. They are all involved in each other's work because they are one. They work together. The uh, saint, Patrick, (laughs) from uh, Ireland, went to uh, pagan Ireland back uh, when he was there, and he taught the people. Listen, he picked up a clover, and that's kind of our symbol, actually, uh, of new life. Did you know? That's our symbol. And he said, listen, there's one plant, one clover, but three leaves. And that's kind of a a jumping-off point for how we understand the Trinity. But it's a lot more complex than that. And one of the things we have to understand is how that moves. Because the plant can't move. It can't 
change. It can't dance. It's just a plant, right? But the Trinity has this wonderful moving. And, and that's why saying creator, sustainer, redeemer is not good enough because they're all involved in each other's business, in a sense. They're all working together. They're all moving with each other. And we call that movement the movement of the triune God, the movement of the Holy Trinity. We call that the perichoresis. Perichoresis, that's another, that's like eschatology. That's a good word for you to know. Perichoresis. It's two, no, that's not, it's a different type of para. P-E-R-I, choresis. And it means the dance. Literally means the dance. And if you've ever seen dancers who are good, not, you know, who are not good, but dancers who are really good, if you've ever watched some of those dancing reality shows where people are, what the, how do they even do that? There is this wonderful movement that occurs on the dance floor. This wonderful give and take, this fluid inner change. And we believe that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, works like that. That there is this three-person dance that is continuously moving and growing and working not only among each other, but among us. In unison, in sync, and that unity, that relationship, is what Christ is praying for us. Christ wants us, humans, disciples, to be as unified as the perfectly in sync, moving, constantly in dance triune God. The problem is, we are not in sync. Most of us would not make good dance partners for the other one. Most of us can't dance. But we don't know each other well enough to know our strengths and weaknesses. And more than that, we've let, as a church globally, we've let our worldliness divide us. We've let our desire to be different divide us. And as a Christian church, just in general, every time we do something different, every time somebody else does something different, we divide. That is our, especially in America, that's been our go-to move. There's a, quite a few good jokes about Baptists arguing about each other about which kind of Baptist they are and if you're not the right kind of Baptist then you're not going very well. There's not that many Methodists to do that with. But the idea is that every time we've argued about who should get baptized and how old you should be and how we should baptize we've started a new church. Well, we only think you should sprinkle water. Well, we're going to start our own church where we just sprinkle and we think you should fully immerse. Well, we're going to start our own church. We're only going to use gluten-free bread, our own church, right? We like to, you know, live on the west side of the Strax, our own church. Every time we want our way, we start something new. And that has created a glorious division in the church. It's created some wonderful things, but it's also created division. A division that's so, in, in one sense, detrimental that the voice that we once had as the church no longer exists. If we stand up and say, listen, Governor Quinn, no more gambling in Illinois, it's meaningless because we don't join together. We're not one voice. We're many voices. All dispersed, all divided. We can't even agree among each other about some of these important 
issues. But it's not just the church globally, it's our denominations. We fight about various things. We fight about various uh, issues. Even, even our local churches, even among our congregation locally, we fight about how we should do things, about who's wearing what, about other things. Lord, how many... I'm glad we don't have a kitchen technically because there's been a lot of chaos and division over church kitchens over the last 100 or 200 years. We don't have a kitchen, thankfully. That's ours. We don't have to have that problem. But little things have divided us. And that's not human nature. You know, we say, we say too easily that that's human nature. We're, we're divisive by human nature. But that is not how God created us because God created us to be in unity with God. So we call that sin. That desire to do our own thing, that desire to pull apart, that desire to take a difference in and, and, and exploit it or take a difference and uh, marginalize it or take a difference and separate it so that the person with the difference is better or worse than someone else. We use that and we allow that to tear us apart. The reality is we are different. Everyone sitting here is different. We are not the same. And that is good. That's not a bad thing. God did not create us all exactly the same. We're different. We have differences. We have different personalities. We have different strengths, different weaknesses, different gifts. Unfortunately, we let those divide us. And when we look at God, we see God is different. God is three in one. Three persons, but unity in one. Differences do not have to create division. In fact, differences should create vision. Our differences should allow us to grow and be greater than we are by ourselves. We believe differences in the church make us stronger. Allow us to do things that we couldn't do by ourselves. We're called the body of Christ, after all. Many members, one body. Each with different gifts, each with different graces, each with different abilities, all working together in unison, in sync, as one to do the work of making disciples for the transformation of the world. We look, act, think differently, but we can be one. As long as our vision is focused on the one who is, in fact, one. Now that starts right here. It starts in our congregation. It starts by us getting to know each other better, getting to know each other's needs, getting to know our own strengths, our own gifts, getting to know the gifts of the people around us. That's one of the reasons we have fellowship every week to start worship so that you can get to know each other better. That's one reason we go out pretty much every week, so that we can get to know each other. That's why we do things during the week, so that we can get to know each other. That's why we encourage you to be in formation groups, small groups, two or three, so you can get to know each other even better, so that we can make disciples together, so that we can grow together, so that we can change our community together, so that that can unite us. Our differences the things that make us unique, that those things can actually unite us, not divide us. But this can spread, I believe, much farther. And this is where our new relationship comes in. 
For a year, we discerned where we were going to do our forwarding ministry, what we were going to do outside of our walls, and it came back that we were called and we felt called to do ministry with other churches to encourage and lift up and help especially those churches that were struggling and God put our paths in sync with Sherland, a church who did need our help and I believe has a lot of opportunities. And I believe if we get to know them, the people of New Life and the people of Sherland get to know each other, get to learn each other's strengths and weaknesses, get to learn each other's gifts and graces, that we together as two congregations can make an even bigger impact than we could by ourselves. Now we're impacting not just our local area, we're impacting two local areas. And we hope that if this model of ministry works, that we can expand to even more congregations. That congregations working together can make a bigger impact. A bigger body of Christ made up of smaller bodies of Christ. That was God's vision. Now, I do not believe that all denominations have to be one and we all have to say the same faith statement or everything else, but I believe that we all have to be able to come together and say, Jesus Christ is Lord, and start working on making disciples and start working on transforming our world. And we can do that even with our differences, even with our brothers and sisters who fully immerse or sprinkle or pour even with our brothers and sisters who use stale wafers for communion or only gluten-free bread or who have a hymnal instead of a praise team or just do country music or whatever. That's a country church, cowboy church. That's a thing. That's a thing. (laughs) It is now. Next week, watch out. No, it is now. That's a thing, I, I promise. Beer church is a thing, so we missed out on that. But we have this wonderful opportunity. And we partner with the triune God who's constantly working and growing and making us better disciples and helping us make other disciples in a relationship with each other. So I encourage you to think about that, to uh, invest in this opportunity as this is our forwarding Ministry. This is our mission project. This is the thing that we are doing together. So we need to continue to invest in it over the coming months, get to know them, continue to work here, and also work in Sherland and see what we can do. Be invested in each other. Start living lives together. Discover your strengths and weaknesses. But it all begins with a call to stand up, to proclaim, to pray to commit to yourself that you will be a person of unity, not a person of disunity, not a person of division. So when we say that, let us say that in a positive and affirming way. Let us truly be one as Christ continues to pray for us. Amen. Next week, we will be starting a series called Supers, talking about uh, becoming a hero, a little bit about faith journeys, so encourage you to uh, do that. And next week, the messages at Sherland and New Life will start to vary. Uh, so look to the newsletter and uh, see where, where they vary and if you're interested in what they're doing over there. 
uh, please come and uh, enjoy those. So as we transition now to our forwarding time, let's uh, join together in an attitude of prayer. Uh, I, I especially want to lift up uh, all of those. I didn't say anything earlier. Uh, all of our members, we have m- several members tonight uh, who are at a Crisio um, event for youth uh, called Chrysalis. Uh, that is a long weekend of disciple making um, for our youth, uh, just for youth. And we have about 10 members, I think, total um, who are there uh, helping on that weekend, who are serving on that weekend, uh, helping young people come closer to Christ. Um, and become leaders in, in their church and in their community. So a wonderful ministry. Pray for them, um, including the, the Winter family and the Brace family um, uh, and, and their ministry. Yes. Yes, this will be... An- Andrew is actually giving one of the talks, if you know anything about Walk to Emmaus or Chrysalis or Crisio movements. Um, it, it's a very heavy, very, uh, uh, very busy weekend. Um, and there's many different talks. And Andrew is giving a talk um, out of his comfort zone a little bit. Um, and so we're praying for him. I know he will do wonderfully, um, but uh, praying for him and his uh, opportunity to share in that uh, ministry. So uh, he's practiced it many times uh, in front of other people. But yeah. Yes. Most, most people would not do that. Um, and uh, Andrew, by nature, may not be the most extroverted person, but he uh, decided to volunteer and step up. So, that. so we're all very proud of him and uh, pray for him tomorrow as he speaks. So let us pray, remembering all those who are not here, uh, remembering all those who are ill. Our, our sister Alice um, in the hospital um, ha- having a little downturn, so pray, pray for Alice and Art as well. Let us pray. Lord of creation, we honor and praise your name. Help us continue to partner with you in your work. Send your spirit upon us and empower us to make disciples of all nations, to share in your good news, and to transform this world into your kingdom come. Be with all of those who are ill, those who are weak, those who are suffering, those who are in great need. We pray for all of those who are in prison. We ask that you be with all of those who desperately need your love. We ask that you be with those who lead, that you help them lead us towards you. We ask that you be with all of those who serve and allow us to serve them. Bless your church, that we may truly be one. Bless new life and our partner, Sherlin. Allow our partnership to bring glory to you. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Um.